Okay, everybody, uh, welcome to Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM, CITR Radio, Vancouver, Canada. Uh, lots of UBC sports to get into on the day. Um, with us, we're going to have at the end of the hour, Jeff Sargent to go over with us all the UBC Thunderbird sporting news. Justin McElroy, who is the coordinating editor for the UBC, um, did a couple articles the last two weeks about UBC going to the NCAA He's going to be with us. Uh, Brett Malsh and Vernop, uh, player and assistant coach for the UBC Thunderbird men's basketball teams. Big wins in the weekend in Regina. They really blew them out in those two contests. And to start off the show right after the break, Blair Ban uh, from the UBC Thunderbird men's volleyball team. They are fresh off a 3-1-3-1 sweep over the Regina Cougars. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be right back. You are listening to 101.9. FM. Music Waste 2011 wants you. Music Waste is now accepting submissions from musicians hoping to perform in this year's festival, which runs June 2nd to 5th. This annual event shines the spotlight on a diverse array of genres from experimental laptop electro to gut bucket country, while also expanding into the worlds of art and comedy. Applicants are encouraged to submit their music, and only their music, we're talking MP3s, Bandcamp and MySpace links, etc., to submissions at musicwaste.ca. No press kits, please. The deadline for submissions to Music Waste 2011 hey, is, is April Blair? 15th. Why not get on the interweb oh, and visit uh, musicwaste.ca? Become a friend of CITR and receive great discounts at businesses around Vancouver. Your friends of CITR card will net you discounts on Commercial Drive at Audio Pile, Bone Rattle Music, High Life Records, and the People's Co-op Bookstore. You'll also save online at Band March Canada and Big Mama. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus or visit us online at citr.ca. Thursday, February 24th, get down to hey, I'm looking for Blair. Rock and Robin. Oh, hey, Blair. It's Daryl Wiener from CITR. You ready to do the interview? Favorite bands. Perfect. Join with you in like uh, 30 seconds. Join band show you. since Olympic 2010 mittens were in fashion and rejoice in the release of the first single off of her new album, Apocalyptic Radio Synod. With her musical pals Beekeeper and the SSRIs in tow, you will have no choice but to shimmy, groove, sing along, or stand moodily in the corner formulating hipster critiques, even though your internal toe will be secretly and passionately tapped. This is a 19-plus event. So turn 19 before you turn up to the Waldorf on February 24th for Sydney York, Beekeeper, and the SSRIs, proudly presented by Rockin' Robin and CITR 101.9 FM. Okay, uh, welcome everybody back to uh, Thunderbird uh, Eye. Oh, there it goes. Wiener's Barbecue, and they're not giving me a damn thing for this. Ah, I will one day learn how to figure out the equipment. Uh, welcome everybody here back on Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM. Uh, our first guest on the show, a member of the UBC Thunderbird men's volleyball team who on the weekend in the 3-1, 3-1 sweep versus the Regina Cougars, 
set a Canada Rest single season record for digs in a year, and he also got his 1,000th career dig. Fifth-year player for the UBC Thunderbirds who just played his final home game for the UBC team, Blair Band. Blair, how you doing today? I'm doing good. That was uh, quite the intro there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> was I accurate? Did I get it all right there? Uh, everything sounded really good. Actually, it's... it's Sounded better than I, I even thought it was. So. Oh, 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 there you go, there you go. You, you gotta, you just, it's, you just gotta say it with a little pizzazz. You just yeah, gotta add to it. Lots a of enthusiasm. Something. Yeah, that's, that's all you gotta do there. Uh, remember that, Blair. Remember that. I will. Uh, Thank you, uh, Blair. So first off, it, it said I read you have a thousand and seven career digs, which is the most in the Canada West history. The man in second has seven hundred and thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I just found that out this year that uh, at one point there was an article that came out with a couple of UBC players in different sports that were going for some records. I wasn't even aware of it, and then uh, I looked it up, and it was a little shocking to myself as well when I first saw it. Well, what does that mean? I guess it just means I've, uh, I guess I've been doing my job here for five years. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Uh, Blair, seniors night, though. You had it on the weekend, and, you know, good thing for you guys. You were able to win that game versus the Regina Cougars. 3-1 win on the uh, Friday, and again a 3-1 win on the Saturday. Had to be a nice way to end your UBC home career. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, going into the weekend, we – Definitely myself and uh, Ryan, the other fifth-year player, we wanted to kind of leave the gym with some good feelings and leave our home fans with uh, some happy memories, a couple victories. So definitely in that regard, it was uh, it was nice for us to finish like that. But just the atmosphere in general being the the final weekend for us, it was it was great. Even um, even the sets that we ended up losing, I was it was tough to get kind of a get down on the game i was still kind of smiling when we were trailing in some of those sets so it was uh, it was a good weekend for us and uh you guys did clinch a playoff spot with the win so not ending the the season not ending the career yet hey no definitely not uh i think uh we yeah we got a, a big weekend coming up and um no so that's good for sure for us to clinch that playoff spot and obviously hopefully uh, tons of more volleyball for the Thunderbirds this season with our final weekend this weekend and then going right into playoffs and then uh, if we're successful there, moving on to the final four and then hopefully the Nationals. So, yeah, there could be tons more volleyball for us this season. Uh, yeah, Blair, you're going to be traveling to a 7-9 and Thompson Rivers Wolfpack team, but Despite that 7-9 and nine record, they are ranked number 9 in the country. Um, you guys can't get home court in the first round, but you are fighting for playoff position. But this Canada West Conference, I mean, 2, 3, 4, 5, and the ninth ranked team in the country, that's who you have to play against in the regular season. Yeah, it's uh, over the past couple of years, it's definitely been uh, it's known for being quite the strong conference and uh, a lot of the teams usually in the top 10 nationally ranked teams are, are from the Canada West so obviously the competition every weekend is, is top notch competition um, but yeah, like them, we, we know a lot about TRU, we've played them just from them being in, from BC, a lot of exhibition stuff every year is against Thompson Rivers and we've played them already this season a few times but it, it should be good and they are ranked number nine in the country right now, but we're not really looking too much into that. They have the same record as us, and even the teams in our conference that are, are way up there, we've we've battled with those teams, pushed those teams to five sets and everything. So 
not really looking at the the rankings too much going into this weekend. Uh, Blair, uh, we're going to be talking a little UBC men's basketball after the break, and I believe they have a player on that team. He's like seven foot two, who used to play volleyball for Thompson Rivers. I think his name's Greg Stewart. Yeah, he uh, <clears throat> he yeah he used to play volleyball. He's actually um, I believe he has played for the Canadian national uh, disabled team. Okay. He, uh, he has a prosthetic arm. Oh, wow. I believe. So, yeah, he is, uh, but he used to play on the volleyball team as well. And then I think he took his uh, his skills over to the basketball side of things. And I know he's been doing pretty well there in basketball. I think last year he was maybe defensive player of the year in uh, in the CIS. I would, don't quote me on that, but he, he's been doing well, I guess, multi-sport athlete over there. Cool. Um, and Blair, so the team right now, 7-9, and nine, but with the way the playoffs are set up, if Thompson Rivers, uh, or I'm sorry, if Trinity Western makes it to the Final Four, they're hosting Nationals, and there's three automatic bids from the Canada West, so that will mean every team from the Canada West Final Four makes it. So it's possible that in your first-round playoff matchup, if you can win it, you will be going straight to Nationals regardless. Yeah, definitely. Like this this weekend coming up, uh, the teams are set for for playoffs already. It's just the final weekend will have some implications for where teams kind of finish in that top seven, and then from there, the first round of playoffs. Um, like you said, yeah, assuming uh, Trinity Western advances, the final four is more more or less just to rank the teams heading into nationals. So it's just uh, all the teams that will participate in that would be on onward to the nationals. So we would just basically need to win the uh, the first playoff round is the, is how it works to get to nationals with the Canada West teams. But that's not easy, is it? Uh, like you said earlier, when you're counting off all the uh, the guys in the nationally ranked top 10 teams, no, definitely it's not. But um, we've we've played against all these teams in, in, before, and we know a lot about them, so it's, it's not like we're timid going into the playoffs at all. Uh, how do you guys approach this weekend? You mentioned really what you're playing for, a.k.a. momentum and playoff positioning. Do you try to treat this like a playoff series? Do you treat it as a tune-up for the playoffs? How do you guys approach it this weekend? I think we'll, well, yeah, we'll probably go into it the same way we kind of do every weekend. We'll, uh, we'll prepare for, for the team we're playing, not looking too far ahead or, or what, um, what, what's going to happen the week after. I'm, I'm sure that uh, there will be some people who are kind of watching the other matches around the league, kind of seeing where, how teams are doing. But we'll, we'll prepare the same way we have every weekend with uh, just kind of going into it obviously trying to bring a, a good performance and then, like you said, build some momentum for the playoffs. Obviously coming off with uh, a couple wins would be a good feeling going into the playoffs. So, uh, And Blair, uh, with the 1,007 career digs, uh, you got two more games to add to that total, hey? so Yeah, I would uh, I'll see if I could bump it up a little higher. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Blair Band with us right now. Blair, thank you so much for doing this today. Uh, very much appreciated. Best of luck in Kamloops this weekend. And, of course, uh, the playoffs are just around the corner. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, that was Blair Band from the UBC Thunderbird men's ba- uh, volleyball team. Uh, seven and nine, they will be traveling to Thompson Rivers this weekend. They have already clinched a playoff spot. They are going to be playing for playoff positioning. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break. When we're back, we're going to talk a little UBC Thunderbird men's basketball. Uh, Brett Malish will be with us in studio from the team. He had a game where he had 33 points on the weekend. And uh, assistant coach Vernoff will be with us on the phone. Uh, before we go to the break, though, I'm just going to announce the band we're about to play. They're called 
The Humans. The Humans are going to be played by us right now, and uh, you should check this band out. They're going to be playing in Victoria on February 9th at 919 for the Transmission Festival and February 12th at Goody with Ostra and Resorts right here in Vancouver. So I'm going to play a little Das Humans, and uh, when we're back, we're going to talk a little UBC Thunderbird men's basketball. You're listening to 101.9 FM.
Alright, everybody, welcome back to, uh, it is now called Thunderbird. Whoa. Ah, there you go. Uh, it's now called Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM. Uh, the band you just heard was Das Humans. They will be playing February 12th at Goody with Ostra and Resorts. And they'll also be playing February 9th tomorrow in Victoria at 919 uh, for Transmission Festival. We'll be uh, finishing off the show with them today. Graham. Brent. Weeder. Oh. <laughs> I saw them at Fortune a few weeks ago. Really? How's that? It was cool. Have you ever been to Fortune? Probably one time or another. Uh, you got to move the mic up a bit. You got to move the mic up. There we go. Oh, there we go. All, All right. right. Should, we get, should we get into the segment? Are you ready? Oh, sure, why not? Uh, well, welcome, everybody, back to uh, 101.9 FM, uh, CITR Radio Vancouver, Canada. With us in studio, we have with us from the number two team in the country, now 18 and 2 after they won 111 to 67 on Friday and 95 to 59 on Saturday on the road versus the Regina Cougars. Brett Malish with us. Yeah, how's it going, Wiener? I'm good. And on the phone, a man who unfortunately, assistant coach for this team, but he unfortunately bet on the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend, Vern Knopp. How you doing, Vern? Uh, it's good until you brought that up again. So. <laughs> relive, relive the nightmare again from Sunday, but oh well. You can't turn the ball over three times and not cause one turnover and win the game, Vern. No, but they had their chances. They Even as bad as they played offensively with the turnovers, they, uh, they still had a chance to win that last drive. But uh, unfortunately, weren't able to, uh, to get the necessary yardage. Vern, did you have a fun Super Bowl party at least? Yes, uh, we had a great time. We were at, uh, well, I was at Mahoney's... Uh, Mahoney and Sons Pub uh, right across from War Memorial, and uh, they put on a uh, great event, uh, one of the better Super Bowl parties that I've ever been to. So it was, uh, it, was a, it was a great time. Brett, how was your Super Bowl night? Uh, it was all right. Besides uh, the Steelers losing, I also bet on the Steelers. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't turn down Steelers getting points with the best defense in the league. So can't turn the ball over three times and not cause one and win the game. The stat is now if you're down three turnovers in the Super Bowl, 31 and 4. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Should we should we Vern, do you want to keep doing this or do you want to get on to your basketball team? Whatever, whatever keeps you uh, happy there, girl. Ah, well, okay, we'll move on. Um, let's get on to your team. Brent on the weekend to go to 18-2 on the season, 111-67, as I mentioned, and the big win on the Saturday. Uh, your point totals, you had 15 points in 16 minutes on Friday, and then a career high, I read. Yep. <clears throat> 33 points in 23 minutes, 12 rebounds on the Saturday. Uh, Vern, how did Brent play on the Saturday? Uh, played played great. Probably the best game he's had for us in a couple of years. Um, you know, he's had some solid games in the past, but uh, he's been really turning it on the last uh, the second half of this season and uh, had just probably a tremendous game, especially the fact that he put that kind of points and rebounds up in only 23 minutes. It was uh, quite the impressive performance. You had fun, Brent? Yeah, it's always fun beating a, a prairie team in their own gym, especially when you've had trouble there in the past. So uh, the basketball team, though, you had 22 points from Nathan Yu, 21 from Josh White on the Friday. Uh, how did the, how was your assessment of the team play this weekend, Brent? Because those are this was a this is a Regina team who you know they currently sit at 12 and eight. They're 12 and six going into the weekend against you guys. It's a pretty good record, and you blew them out of the water both nights. Well, it started in the first quarter. I mean, the first I think the first game we were up 37 to 10 at the end of the first quarter, and it could have been 37 to seven. Um, second night was almost a 
exact same thing, except we didn't score as many points. But um, I think we just set the tone of the first five minutes of both games, and it just uh, kind of snowballed from there. I mean, guys came in off the bench. We had a really short bench. We only had nine guys uh, able to play on the weekend, and it was uh, we just they had a couple packed gyms. So we just kind of said, okay, well, let's just play for each other, like we should be, like we should do every weekend, and. Um, it's just kind of a snowball effect. Guys coming off the bench, getting comfortable, and we uh, we played well defensively, that's for sure. Because, Vern, you guys have had some big wins scoring-wise this season, but I've seen a lot of those home games. Winnipeg's an example where, and I think Lethbridge also, you blew them out, but you didn't play well. It sounds like this weekend you blew them out and played good basketball. Yeah, I think the last few weeks, um, although we had to buy in between, that uh, last few weeks I think being on the road for us is really... Um, actually helped us come together as a team um shorter you know a lot less players made the trip because of due to some injuries and whatnot and i just think the uh the bond with the guys right now is really tremendous um they're they're really playing for each other and uh i said anytime you can go on the road i mean regina has only had one loss all year at home so for us to go in there and, and win uh, in the fashion that we did was uh was pretty impressive and and, and great credit to our players and uh, the 18 and two record, Vern, as a coaching staff right now, four games to go. Is that that's a pretty good number, hey? Yeah, we're you know we're happy, but uh, we're not we're not satisfied. Obviously, until we uh, until we clinch first place in Canada West, and uh, in order for us to do that, we have to take uh, care of business with uh, Thompson Rivers uh, first and foremost this weekend to get two wins, and then uh, you know close out the win with close out in Victoria with at least one win. Uh, preferably, hopefully, we can just close the season out and keep the uh, keep the winning streak going into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Brent. This weekend, Thompson Rivers coming to town. Four and eighteen record, coached by the former SFU Clan head coach. Yep, Scott Clark or Clan's, What is it? It's Clan now. I think it's Clan. Yeah. Who cares? I always find that. <laughs> uh, Scott Clark. They also have a bunch of former SFU players. They do on their team. Uh, I'm sure you want to finish off your seniors' weekend with some. Similar scores on the weekend, eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, Scott Clark being at SFU and a couple guys coming over from SFU, there's obviously a little bit of kind of continued rivalry with those guys and especially Scott Clark. And, um, yeah, um, I don't know. They're two games. We need to win them. So there's really no extra motivation needed for these two games. Scott Clark tried to recruit you, didn't he? Uh, you could say that, I guess. <laughs> We'll move on there. We'll move on there. But this is a coach you like to beat. Can we get that much? Oh, for sure. Uh, Vern, still a rivalry. Is there a rivalry between your coaching staff and Scott Clark? Um, well, there was when he was at SFU, for sure. Um, but, I mean, really hasn't really been the last five years, really hasn't been much of a rivalry just because we've, we've pretty much, uh, I think you look at the records of the last five, six years, we've pretty much dominated the series um, back with SFU and Thompson River still, um, since they've been in, in the CIS, have not uh, not beat us. So um, rivalry might be a little overstated, um, but with their coaching staff, it's a new place, it's a new time. It's you know, it's we have respect for Scott Clark. He's, he's you know he's been around for a long time. But uh, with that said, we, we we you know we take it personal with every against every team that we want to we want to come out victorious and be the better team on any given night. Uh, tell us about the players here. Chaz Cock, a former SFU clan player right there, 16 points per game. Uh, Kevin Probilski, he's like a, a guard, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 14 points per game. And then uh, 7'2", big man Greg Stewart, 13 rebounds and 15 points. Uh, uh, hell of a player, this guy. Uh, tell us about this team. Um, 
Yeah, Greg Stewart's a big factor for them. Uh, they uh, run that Princeton offense, and they got a bunch of uh, guards that uh, really play well off of uh, Greg Stewart. And um, yeah, Greg Stewart's having a great year this year. I mean, he's rebounding the ball. I think he had a pretty big game this weekend where he had 28 and 23 or something, something, something ridiculous like that. And Chaz Cox put up some big numbers this year. He's had a game of 38, and Prabilski's put up numbers too. So I mean, we re we're really gonna have a tough time. Uh, really gonna have to uh, key on these three guys this weekend for sure. And um, yeah, just uh, try and take them out of the game. Uh, Vern, what do you think Thompson River is going to try to do? What's their hope to try to pull out a win this weekend? Well, I think defensively they're going to try to try to mix it up as much as possible. Maybe I mean Scott traditionally doesn't like playing a lot of zone, but I, I think I don't think they'll. I think he'll realize that they're going to have troubles matching up with us man to man, just because our style we like to spread it out. Um, and in order for them to keep Greg Stewart near the hoop, which is to protect the hoop, they're going to have to probably play some zone. Um, but with that said, we'll come in with the focus that, you know, we have to worry about ourselves and have them match up with us, and they're going to have to be able to run run the floor with us, and that's something that uh, Greg Stewart, although he's having a great year and he's had some good games against us in the past, he's going to have to be able to uh, run the floor for 40 minutes if uh, they're going to be successful. So that's something we're going to look to do and try to isolate him defensively with uh, with a guy like Brent. If he has to match up, he's going to have to come out. Although Brent's been playing a lot inside for us, still has the capability of, uh, of hitting the outside shots, so that's going to be something that uh, we'll look to see if we can get those kind of matchups. Vern, uh, what does Brent here do well when he's playing well? What's the key to Brent Malish's game? When he's playing well, um, defensively, he, he's, he helps out. He's talking he's talking a lot and getting lots of rebounds. He's uh, he's always been really good in the, in the past in, in checking anywhere from, from guards, three men, to, to the four, the five. Um, many times over the past few years, he was matched up against the Beckerings and done great jobs against those two, uh, two of the top players in the country the last few years. Um, offensively, this year, for more importantly, that he's been going, he's always had the outside shot, the deep, the deep threat. But this year, he's really made a commitment to scoring inside for us, and I think that's been a huge factor for us with the run we've had in, especially this month of January and February, because he's consistently go going in, giving us low post scoring, um, and a variety of ways he can he can score, you know. From outside the three-point line, he can shoot, score from 15 feet. He can also take take the hoop, take to the ball, um, take the ball to the hoop hard. With you, we had he had a spectacular dunk uh, last weekend on on a post move. So that's the main the main thing is not settle for the outside shots. He's scoring for us inside. We're we're pretty tough to uh, tough to stop. He he winked at me when you mentioned the dunk there, Vern. You know what? I give him a hard time all the time that he ha he hasn't had a, as many dunks as he probably should have in his career. But uh, he's, it was a pretty, pretty spectacular dunk. He spun baseline and basically just elevated over everybody and, and threw it down with authority. So I told him after the game it was no big deal, but uh, truth be told, it was, uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty spectacular. Is he always this nice to you, Brent? Vern. Yeah, me and Vern, Vernon boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent, uh, before we get into this weekend and, and what Seniors Night mean, um, you guys just had your road trip. What does it mean to your basketball team, though? You're at home this weekend. You go to Victoria next weekend, which it's not that bad of a road trip to have to do. And then home for first round if you can take care of business, home for the conference finals. So pretty much outside of that ferry ride to Victoria, you got to sleep in your own bed from here on in. Does that help you guys out right now? Um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't like to sleep in their own bed, right? Um, yeah, it's, there's just the little things like eating. You're able to eat a lot better when you're at home. You're able to uh, 
not to pack up in a bag and go on like sit in an airplane in an airport for a while it's just like the little things like that but i mean once we're on the floor once it's game time like it's it's all the same yeah i mean we, we feel comfortable in our gym we feel comfortable going to other people's gym but um yeah, it's just the little things, I guess, staying at home. Uh, Vern, you guys obviously want to go hard. You got, you mentioned you play Thompson Rivers at home this weekend, at Vic next weekend, and you got to win basically three of those four, and you're guaranteed the conference championship and hosting the Canada West uh, Final Four if you get there. But as a coaching staff right now, and I see at practice, you do have some players that are banged up. Do you have to kind of be careful to not really – burn these players out a little too early right now yeah well you know right now we're kind of keeping the the pedal to the metal i guess you could say trying to you know keep the guys uh you know it emotionally and into into practice and to prepare them for the games um with that said today you know it was earlier in the week we, we tend to go a little harder than uh than we will later as the week goes on we kind of ease up a little bit to keep them fresh you know it's a concern for us i mean we want to keep the guys guys healthy but you know sometimes injuries you can't really control it it's up to the guys to know their bodies where you know if they need if they need a little more time you know time off to to take that time but um you know there's no team right now that's going to be a no one's 100 percent healthy at this time of the year everybody's got aches and pains it's just you just got to be mentally mentally tough and uh physically tough to uh to get through it because uh once you get to come to come to game time the adrenaline takes over and our guys will be fine. How are you, Brent? Are you physically and mentally tough right now? <laughs> I'm a good winner. <laughs> cool. Uh, seniors weekend. Um, Vern, what does it mean to these three players this weekend? Josh White, Alex Murphy, and Brent here. What does it mean to them seniors weekend? Well, I think for them it's it's going to be emotional time. I mean, they've put, uh, especially in, in Brent and Alex's case, they've put uh, put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into, into their last five years, and and it all accumulates on, on Saturday, even though they'll have a few home playoff games. Um, there's just something, it's just a really special and emotional night on uh, knowing that it's going to be the, you know, the last time in front of your, you know, one, one of the last times you're going to play in front of your home crowd in a regular season game. And uh, so it gets emotional. Um, you know, they could probably answer it. I think they'll probably be able to answer that better for you next week when they've gone through it. Um, as far as a coach, for a coach, it's, it's hard for us too because we're really it's you know it's kind of the beginning of the end where it's you know we're losing losing a couple of players from our family and and we spent a lot of time a lot of road trips over the years uh, you know we've had a lot of good times and and unfortunately losing a couple of championships we've had a lot of anguish with each other too so uh, it's definitely going to be an emotional night for for all, all included but uh, it'll also be a very special night as well and Vern Brent and Alex Murphy. Um, if you guys do make it to Nationals this year, first UBC players ever, all five years, making it to that tournament. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's it's a tribute to them. I mean, they they are the prototypical uh, UBC Thunderbirds. Um, we we couldn't have asked for anything better than what they've given us for their five years. Um, if we get if any of our players, you know, we want all our players coming in to to lead from their example. They've been just. Uh, Unbelievable basketball players, uh, unbelievable human beings, and they've really set set the bar high for uh, future T-Birds. And uh, we just hopefully we can, for for their sake especially, that we can go out on top with the national championship this year. He's normally more critical when players aren't in the room, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent Thompson Rivers this weekend, but Saturday. How, how you feeling? I mean, it's right around the corner. Obviously, looking forward to this, eh? Yeah, it's. Uh... It's something that especially me and Alex have talked about probably for uh, since uh, the end of last year, I guess. Just 
kind of anticipating this, uh, talking about seniors night and anticipating uh, what, how it's going to feel and what it's going to be like not to play for EBC anymore. And I mean, we still got, I guess it'll be a month coming up soon left. But um, yeah, seniors night will be, uh, it'll be different for sure. I mean, preparing for the game, knowing that it is your last regular season game on uh, at war. But um, yeah, it'll be special. It'll be, uh, it'll be special for my parents, that's for sure. It doesn't mean something, though, that, you know, for a lot of people in this league, Seniors Night's your last home game. For you, there's more to come. Does that sort of make it easier to almost do? Um, I guess so. I mean, it's been like that, I think, my every like for my five years here. Yeah. I mean, we've never had Seniors Night as our last home game of the year. We've always either hosted playoffs or hosted Can Wests or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's more of like a... Uh, it's kind of like a celebratory game, almost like. Yeah. But um, still got to take care of business. I mean, it's going to be a tough, tough, a tough home games coming up. So that's the uh, focus right now. Ah, blow them out, okay? I'll try. <laughs> uh, Vern up with us right now, Brett Mouse. Vern, thanks as always, and uh, may Super Bowl Forty Six be a more profitable one for you. Sounds good. Go Colts for next year, hey? There you go. Thanks, Vern. Uh, Brent, thanks as always. Yeah, thanks, Wiener. Uh, and best of luck uh, this weekend. We'll do it soon. Oh, absolutely. There Anytime. you go. All right. All right, everybody. We're going to take a break. You're listening to 101.9 FM. When we're back, we're going to have with us the coordinating editor for the UBC uh, newspaper, Justin McElroy. Going to talk a little UBC going NCAA. You are listening to 101.9 FM. James Bond. Get to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? You talking to me? You talking to me? I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, sir, you. Plastics. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Just a sweet transvestite of... From transsexual Transylvania Where else can you see Hollywood blockbusters, midnight cult classics, indie films, live music, burlesque, stand-up comedy, poetry slams, and live sporting events all at your local theater? The Rio Theater voted number one in East Vancouver your neighborhood indie theater that promotes all things cool. Check out True Grit January 29th through February 3rd, Fabulous Midnight Movies every Friday, The Evil Dead Trilogy February 20th, and the Academy Awards on the big screen February 27th. For more information, go to riotheater.ca. Whoever is led to believe that species are mutable will do good service by conscientiously expressing his conviction. For only thus can the load of prejudice by which this subject is overwhelmed be removed. So what you know about natural selection? Go ahead and ask a question and see where the answer gets you. Try being BC's own Baba Brinkman is bringing his spoken word rationalist rap to Vancouver in a presentation by CITR and Radio Free Thinker. Vancouver's number one skeptical radio show and podcast. His lyrics have been called sometimes sly, often hilarious, and always smart and thought-provoking. Don't miss Baba Brinkman, the rap guide to evolution. February 20th, 9 p.m. at the Railway Club in Vancouver. For more information, check out www.radiofreethinker.com. 
Alright everybody, welcome back to uh, Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM, CITR Radio, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Um, yeah, uh, UBC going to the NCAA is obviously going to be a big topic here on campus, and we're going to try to make it a big topic on this show over the next, uh, really, month and a bit. Um, unable to get a hold of Justin there, but... Really, the situation is as follows. UBC, uh, the decision apparently coming down from President Toop and the board sometime in April. Uh, I've yet to really figure out the date that this is going to come down in April, but this has been something on the calendar for about four years here on the campus. It is a huge deal. This is a decision that really is going to set in motion what this athletic program is going to be as early as two years from now. I'm for it. I, I think UBC should be going to the NCAA. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, it's NCAA Division Two and all this stuff, and that's not the same. Well, yes, it is, but the fact is you will be NCAA Division One men's hockey. And, you know, in this city, in this town, is there a bigger sport for hockey? Yeah, than hockey and that's just really how it is and to have an NCAA Division One hockey team uh, I think it's something I really want to see happen here on campus and the, the other problem I have is with the CIS right now is the scholarship thing which UBC wants to try to get done we're going to try to have Bob Phillip on in future weeks we're going to try to have President Tupon we're going to be doing a lot of discussion on this topic on this show um, really over the next month and a half is it looks like they're not going to be given the full scholarships. And the fact is, with the CIS right now, you've got UBC Okanagan coming in. You're going to have a few other teams joining the Canada West. And that's really just going to make it where the, the Canada West is just going to be more watered down and more watered down. And quite frankly, this year, the UBC men's basketball team, women's basketball team, they've played teams that probably should not be in this league. And it's only going to get worse from here. And it makes for a far less entertaining product for those of us that don't, that really want to watch great sports, great basketball, etc. And <clears throat> while they will be starting NCAA Division II, they will hopefully long term end up NCAA Division One. And the complaint is, well, that might take five to ten years. Well, the other thing is, a five to ten years is not that long of a period in the grand scheme. But the other thing is, and I think UBC has to keep their eye on this, why isn't another Canadian school going to go? Yes, UBC is the school who it looks like might go anytime now. And SFU's already done it, but they seem content with Div 2. But as far as going Div 1, you know, UBC's like, well, we're not sure, we're not sure. Well, what happens if suddenly Alberta decides to go? Suddenly UBC, if this is what happens as Canadian schools start to join the NCAA, suddenly UBC's not going to be the leader, and they're going to have to catch up to these other schools if they do decide to eventually go. And that's something I believe could easily happen. Maybe University of Toronto decides to go. Who knows? Western Ontario might decide to give it a try. One of these schools in Canada is eventually going to make this move. And with this hockey rink on campus, I think UBC is the school to do it. Anyways, um, <coughs> we're going to get into that a lot more over the next uh, month, month and a half. And we're going to try to follow the story uh, with various interviews. And there's stuff coming up with 
the UBC men's hockey team. They're going to have some conferences to play in that they didn't have those options before. So there's really a lot to follow on this. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, when we're back, we're going to just finish up the show. Our very own CITR member, Jeff Sargent, is going to be with us. We're going to be going over UBC women's volleyball, women's hockey, men's hockey, and women's basketball those four sports we didn't cover on the weekend. Um, going into the break, we're going to be playing once again Das Humans. Um, they are going to be playing, uh, if you like this music, I played them already today, February 9th, which is tomorrow in Victoria at 919 for the Transmission Festival, and February 12th at Goody with Ostra and Resorts right here in Vancouver. Uh, when we're back, our very own CITR member, Jeff Sargent is going to be with us. Um, you are listening to 101.9 FM.
Too good. Another game for Milos! <laughs> That's right. Milos Ranick uh, won again today, 6-3-6-4, over the number five player in the world, Xavier, 45 player in the world, Xavier Melise in round one at the SAP Open in San Jose. He will get James Blake in the second round. Uh, Milos is currently the number 84 player in the world, and he should get to at least 81st by next week with this win. A round two win will give him a shot at 75 in the world. Uh, this is the player who was 152 going into the Australian Open and became the first Canadian to make it to the fourth round of a major since Daniel Nestor in 1999. He beat along the way, um, who was that Russian player? Michael Yuzny uh, in a big upset there. Uh, the highest ranking ever for a Canadian was 41st all time. So, Jeffrey Sargent with us right now. But, Jeff, we are going to be following Milos on this show each and every week. Fantastic. <laughs> and that clip will be played over and over again. You know that episode, eh? I know every episode very well, and I started chuckling when I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Another game for Milos! You, you have to get the one where he says, when he starts, you know, making real fun of him there. He uh, starts calling him a baby, you know. Jeff, can we get two people on the line here? Can we try this out? Because I think Justin's calling right oh. now. Yeah, oh, you can I, try it. I think he just hung up. Oh. Damn it. Should I call him back, or should we just... You want to take the floor for a minute, and I'll put you on hold and call him? You want to put me on hold? No, I'll put you on the floor. You, oh, okay. You, you handle... <laughs> Oh, this is well, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm positive that was him. I saw, I saw it ring a few times. Okay. Well, should well, we leave it for another week? Should we leave it for another week? Well, well, you don't have much time left. Why don't we save him for next week? We'll save him for okay. next week. All right. Uh, with us on the line, our very own Jeffrey Sargent to cover all the UBC sports that we currently uh, haven't covered, and of course, Milos. Milos. Every week, Jeff. <laughs> you need a new clip every week. We'll, we'll run out of it. Are you kidding? That's that's amazing. You'll never beat that clip. <laughs> you could. I could. You, get him on the show. You could do an entire show strictly with that clip. Easily. 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 He, um, anyways, Jeff, uh, let's start off with the uh, UBC Sports we haven't covered. Mm -hmm. um, women's volleyball, uh, number one team in the country, swept Regina 3 nothing in both games at home on the weekend. Now, where this is interesting is Trinity Western lost at Brandon on Saturday. So now, with only two games to go, UBC is in a first-place tie. This is something a few weeks ago didn't look like was... There was a chance that it was going to happen. Both teams are now 13-3. and three, But, well, you figure when you hear that, that Trinity Western will have the tiebreaker because they beat UBC twice, but that's not the tiebreaker, Jeff. The tiebreaker is sets lost during the season. UBC's lost 17. Trinity Western has lost 20. And where this is important is UBC's last weekend is at last place Thompson Rivers. And if UBC wins both of those games... They are most likely going to get a first-round bye and host the conference championship. So a nice little turn of events for the number one-ranked three-time defending champion UBC women's volleyball team. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It wasn't looking this way uh, even just a couple weeks or even going into last Saturday. But then Trinity got upset and uh, ended up losing on Saturday and then put themselves in this position. And it looks from here on in as if um, UBC, uh, even if UBC does sweep this weekend, uh, Trinity could very well do the same thing. They faced Manitoba for their last weekend of uh, regular season play. But, yeah, it certainly looks like 
UBC has done it again and uh, and will get the uh, the rest as well. So they'll get a bye through the quarterfinals and then we'll host. So, you know, these are the things that happens when you're the three-time defending champions. And, uh, you know, they're getting on a little roll here. They've uh, won four straight matches and uh, could easily make it six straight to uh, to close out the season. And they're sitting pretty again and, you know, uh, definite, definitely scaring other teams now as we go down the stretch. And uh, But Trinity Western as well, too. I mean, what a showdown uh, this could end up being, you know, even uh, as we head into the national championships. I found Justin, Jeff. You got him. He's in studio. Oh, he's here. Or there. <laughs> you didn't pick up, Justin. Uh, I was finishing up with a class that I direct, and I was talking with one of my students, and uh, something called time I lost track of. So. That, 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 that's very reasonable. Uh, Justin, just stay with us right now. I want to get into this. Uh, Jeff, UBC women's hockey uh, th uh, lost both games to Saskatchewan on the weekend, 7-14-1. and they're already out of the playoffs, finish up their season at home versus Manitoba this weekend. Not their best year, though. No, not their best year, and uh, another another struggling year for the UBC Thunderbirds women's hockey team. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, uh, they, uh, they're not finishing the season, obviously, as they wanted to. Uh, they are just ahead of Lethbridge down at the bottom of the standings. And, you know, we've talked so much about men's hockey, but uh, women's hockey as well. Uh, they've also uh, been a team here at UBC, which is, has struggled to re to really get going and, and find find their stride in the last few seasons. And, um, you know, you look at a team like the Calgary Dinos, which had uh, kind of floundered the last few years, and they've really taken off, no thanks to their new head coach as well, of course. But, yeah, a disappointing finish for the UBC Thunderbirds, and... Um, you know they'll have to do a lot of retooling going into uh, into the off season here, and uh, we'll see uh, see what may come down the line. But uh, definitely a disappointment. I uh, just want to uh, hurry it up here, Jeff. The men's hockey. We'll get into it more next week. Uh, two big losses at home to the Saskatchewan Huskies. They've now lost four in a row, pretty much ending their playoff hopes, which was a big surprise after where they were looking just as early as two weeks ago. And the UBC women's basketball team uh, dropped two games to a now 17-3 Regina Cougars, 85-54 on Friday and 75-69 on Saturday. They will be hosting 9-13 Thompson Rivers on the weekend. Okay, let's get into our next topic. Jeff, stay on the line here. Okay. I think we can do this for about another uh, seven, eight minutes here. Justin, coordinating editor for the UBC. Uh, Justin McElroy with us in studio right now. How are you doing, Justin? Pretty good. Thanks, Daryl. <laughs> Um, so, Jeff, and stay on the line. I want to get your take here, because this is something on the show I really want to get into a lot uh, weekly over the next uh, month and a half. Uh, Justin, last two weeks for the UBC newspaper, you've done articles on the NCAA. Um, you interviewed uh, President Toop yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, what did we learn from him? Well, I mean, uh, I, t two years ago, actually, I interviewed him about this. Well, it was the same thing of we're doing a consultation, we're figuring out what we're going to do. And at the time, he said... Uh, well, I want to talk with all the Canadian university presidents. I want to see if we can change the CIS first before coming to any sort of conclusions. Uh, over the last year and a half, he's found that the CIS really isn't budging on scholarship models, at least not widespread anytime soon. They're really not interested in doing anything with tiering, uh, meaning that UBC still has to face Thompson Rivers and Fraser Valley, you know, many times a year. And uh, Okanagan, who's coming. A and Okanagan's another one, and you might get UNBC yeah. in the future, Vancouver. Vancouver Island University. And so he said, uh, 
And also at the time, UBC Athletics was doing a whole lot of fighting about whether they wanted Division One in the future, or maybe Division Two. And he said, uh, "Now we have all the facts of what's true, what's not, what could happen, what's what what, might, what won't. I want to have a report on there that just lays it all out, so there's no misconceptions, there's no people reading in what they want." And he's hoping from that that there's going to be a bit more of a conclusive will in the campus of whether to go or not than when they did this two years ago. So we're going to see a survey done on campus over the next month and a half? Is that what we're hearing? It's not, it's not going to be a survey per se. They At least they haven't said such at this point. It's just going to be they're going to consult with key stakeholders, uh, you know, the AMS, uh, faculty, the UNA, athletics again, different groups, and see, you know, first go to them with the information and then say, we would really appreciate your feedback here. So rather than a top-down process, which happened uh, two years ago, which really... There, and even Toop said himself there wasn't the best information out there and resulted in a 52 against moving 48-4 moving split. They're hoping that through this process, um, what UBC wants will be revealed because the administration has to make this decision, but they don't have a dog in this fight one way or another. They, would, they know athletics really wants to go, but they really want the campus community to make that decision for them one way or another. Uh, how does that sound to you, Jeff? I, th- I think it's fair enough, and I, 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 I you know, this, this thing is, keeps on dragging on, which has been very ridiculous, and, and we talked this last weekend, Daryl, about how it is hurting UBC teams, especially, you know, the men's hockey team, where uh, Milan is really, has his hands tied in many ways, and, you know, people just want a decision one way or another, but, but I like what you're, what, uh, what I'm hearing from, from Toot there, what you're saying, uh, Justin, is that, you know, let's, let's get everything out on the table, uh, let, let's have the facts there because this is this is an issue where a lot of people are very passionate one way or the other, and, and a lot of times, uh, you know, people are saying, well, let's stick with the CIS. It's a Canadian program. It's a Canadian league. Well, uh, you know, let, let, let's put the facts on the table and let's see what is best for the university. And uh, so they're definitely going in the right direction. It's just, uh, you know, th- this has got to be it, though, and, and I think everyone knows that. So at least, at least they're doing due diligence i guess you can say justin who is for and who is against it what's your what are you hearing yeah if you if you want to split it up into camps four is you know know, athletics and to be more specific bob phillip Teresa hansen very strongly and then a few of the programs basketball obviously volleyball hockey to an extent although just the major transitions that have to happen there offer them a lot of short-term issues um as well as uh, athletics key alumni are involved and also alumni, too, because uh, alumni looks at the connections in uh, at least not the alumni widespread, but I mean the leadership of the alumni department at UBC because they look at what happens in the States, the connections that people have with their sports teams and how it bonds them to the university and makes them give money. And they'd like a slice of that um, against it. Primarily is the academic community, your deans, your professors who see sort of the culture of the NCAA of uh, where to. T- you know, athletics is prioritized over academics. You have these scholarships and shady reasons for boosting. So, which a lot of that is, you know, putting your own vision of what happens there. But they're fairly set against it. Student body is completely apathetic because they don't really show up to games, frankly. Um, uh, you know, you engage them on the subject and they enjoy learning, but they don't really go one way or another. Does the student athlete know that, yes, we're hearing NCAA Division Two, but it's NCAA Division One hockey. Does the student body know that? 
I think because no, yeah, that 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 is that is a big difference. Um, and at this point, I don't think they do. If only because up here we don't really care about NCAA hockey, right? We know basketball and we know football, and so we can identify with that. And so I think people have heard that hockey is a big one and it's uh, unique. And uh, you know, I talk to members of the AMS and they bring that up, but they don't know tangibly what that means. But, Jeff, I mean, you've watched it. NCAA, the Frozen Four is a big deal. The fact is, you look at current Vancouver Canucks in the system. If Jordan Schrader is coming to town, if Corey Schneider is coming to town with Boston College, um, Kyle Turris is coming to town with Wisconsin, James Van Rimsdyk with New Hampshire is the second overall pick of the draft by Philadelphia. The NCAA hockey, Jeff, is going up in quality. It's getting bigger and I think it, we've just never had it in Canada. We're World Junior, but I think Jeff, if we had it in Canada, it would be a big deal. I think it, it would be a it would be a very big deal. Yeah, right now Canada, it's all promo- about promoting the Canadian Hockey League and going that route. But look at all the quality of players, and you just mentioned a small fraction of them that have gone the NCAA route and have have had widely great success uh, in the National Hockey League. And, and, you know, you can go back to other, obviously other sports as well, but if we're sticking with hockey, it is gaining in popularity for a lot of kids uh, who want to get an education and who want to go the NCAA route and who see it as a better option than the Canadian Hockey League. And there's no doubt as well that the Canadian Hockey League is getting more and more opposition uh, or more and more competition as well. The former NHLPA uh, executive director, Paul Kelly, now, you know, he, his, jo- his new job is to promote going the American route to advance yourself to the National Hockey League. So if they were to, you know, this would be such a big step for the NCAA in promoting hockey to get into a Canadian market like Vancouver. And, Justin, I think where UBC, actually, they're now committed to going, I believe, and, and maybe Jeff weigh in on this too, and we're actually out of time, Justin, I'd love to do this another day, is... They have the stadium on campus, and the jokes have been made already. I've heard some people say it, comparing it that it's going to be UBC's Olympic Stadium in Montreal. We're yep. going to have this shiny stadium on campus. White elephant. That Yeah, like you, they're not getting concerts. Uh, nothing is really going on, except I think their big one was Tim Robbins might come to town. Um, you get an NCAA Division One hockey team out of the gate. You can now promote something and get students and something in that arena. They have to do something. They have to do something. And the bigger problem there is because issues with the RCMP and licensing. And that's a whole other ballgame. But you're right. In terms of where UBC sees the biggest advantage right now, it's revitalizing what was supposed to be an Olympic legacy and is right now a giant Olympic problem for them. Jeff, they got to do something with the arena, don't they? They have to do something, and, and Justin, you mentioned it as well. You know, a lot of the students, how many of them go to games, whether it's hockey or basketball or volleyball or football? Very few. Uh, you get NCAA in, no question, automatically you'll have a, a large boost in attendance, not only from students but from from families in the greater Vancouver area. But uh, either way, they've got, they've got to make use of this thing or else it is going to turn into, you know, a bit of a debacle here. This beautiful building just sitting there, and, you know, we were there last week and Daryl doing the men's hockey games. Yeah. Great entertainment at the level it is now, and a couple hundred people show up. Uh, but Justin, uh, it, I think that's the key is edu- for me because I'm for it is educating the student body. It sounds like and educating these people. 
currently about NCAA Division One hockey, or am I off on this? No, one? you're not. I mean, and it depends where you stand. And if you think that hockey can be a game changer and that it can find its own niche within the Canucks, within the Giants, within the you know WHL and AHL teams around here, then it can really do that. The problem is you're not going to get that with any other sport. No one's really going to care about the University of Central Washington no. coming up or Dixie College, right? So you've got to market that and market that aggressively. And if you do that, I think you can galvanize the student community, at least on that sport, and start filling up that arena or getting it close on a consistent basis. Because otherwise, the pros to the student body at the Division II level widespread simply aren't there. Jeff, isn't I? Is, do you think hockey is enough of a reason? Because NCAA Division One will say it just it might be 10, 15 years down the road, and that's too long for people to wait. But is hockey enough of a reason with the stadium on campus to go? Uh, no, I don't think so. You can't. You can't. I mean. I mean, let's face reality. Of course, hockey is the big draw here, and this is what, why we're talking about it. But, but really, there's so many other sports here to consider, so many athletes, so many other implications for the university. I don't think it's fair, and I don't think it makes sense to go for one sport alone, for men's hockey alone. I don't think it makes sense. It does play a huge role. Let's not, you know, let's face reality. But I think there's way too much more to consider otherwise. Okay. Justin, uh, and then we'll do this another time, guys. Yay or nay against it? <laughs> uh, if you had to put me on the spot right now, you know, I've said that uh, consistently, nay, if only because UBC isn't ready yet. You've got to have a culture here on campus where you got more than just friends and family showing up to games in order for people to support it, especially when you're just going to Division Two for most things. Because otherwise, you're still going to have the same attendance, you're going to have uh, those same issues, but you're going to have greater resistance from the academic community, and you're going to be paying a heck of a lot, which I didn't talk about, but one of UBC's biggest concerns is simply at the amount that accreditation from American institutions will cost and would be mandatory if we were to switch. Jeff, yeah or nay? Yeah, uh, I'm also a nay at this point. Uh, Justin raised some good points there about the university being ready. I mean, you, it, chicken or the egg as well, I guess you could say, but I, I just don't think it, it's being done for the right reasons right now. Um, I just don't think it's the right time. I think you're both idiots, and it's my show, so I'll <laughs> say yes, and that'll be the uh, final point on the issue. Uh, Jeff Sargent, Jeff, thanks as always. Thank you, Daryl. <laughs> and Justin, thank you. Always nice to talk, Daryl. Love to do it another time. All right, that is it for uh, Thunderbird Eye here on 101.9 FM. Mike with Fletcher. He's been so kind to give me a few extra minutes today. We'll be up in a moment. They are intelligent. They are smarter than the most up-to-date supercomputers. We cannot underestimate it. The Biltmore Cabaret is your home for great live music in Vancouver. February 8th, the Biltmore, CITR, No More Strangers, and Beetroot Magazine present Vancouver's very own Teen Days with Yip Deceiver and Sugar and Gold, plus the WinnieCooper.net DJs. February 10th, the Biltmore and Beetroot present Seattle Folk Poppers Hey Marseille with guests Ruffle Feathers and Henry and the Nightcrawlers. February 25th, don't miss the outer space Cirque stylings of the one and only Man or Astro Man with special guests Octopus Project and the James T. Kirks. Do yourself a favor and go to this show. February 26th, the Vancouver Folk Festival and the Biltmore present Jim Bryson and the Weaker Thans Band with Siski U. This is an early show with curfew at 11. Door time for all these shows is 8 p.m. Advanced tickets can be purchased at the Biltmore, Zulu, Red Cat, and online at ticketweb.ca. Online tickets for Jim Bryson and the Weaker Thans Band are available through PayPal.
what's up? This is James from Make Doing Men, and you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, B.C.